Thanks for joining us on the DDS Faith Podcast. Our prayer is that as we discuss what God has to teach us through His Word, we can all learn how to deepen, defend, and share our faith in Jesus Christ. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> how can we start this? I'll hit it. All right. He's got it. You said you. You said, but you said all right, so I figured you, you got said it. you're going to hit it. I'm like, all right, hit it. Hit it. I thought you were like, all right, I'm going to hit it. Silence. I kill you. Kill you. It's not copyrighted. Well, I guess if you say it in a voice, it is kind of copyrighted. Not that Jeff Dunham's actually going to watch these, but who knows? Maybe he does. Maybe he does. Who knows? <laughs> dude, if we got sued by Jeff Dunham, I would get on here like, dude, we got sued by Jeff Dunham. Jeff Dunham's dead. Dunham. Who's Dunham? Like the store. Oh my gosh. You know the comedian with the puppets? Nope. <sighs> Man, I'm, just, I'm sure there's a lot of those. Like a he's a ventriloquist. Ventriloquist, yeah, yeah. He's the only the ventriloquist famous. I'm aware of is the one that was on America's Got Talent. We'll show years you. Ago and got he's, the golden buzzer and he's really funny. Uh, he's girl. got he's got a dead terrorist named Ahmed, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Silence! I kill you." <laughs> that's his whole thing. Yeah, it's his oh. phrase. Whatever. So that's kind of a good analogy. Though. Like when you're controlling a puppet, it's almost like. God breathing the scriptures through somebody else. Wow. Wow, look at you trying. He's, try, he's really trying. <laughs> like somebody asked me who wrote Ephesians. Well, Paul. But did did Paul write Ephesians? Did God write Ephesians? But if God wrote it, then did Paul write it? I'm just sitting here like, I don't know. I don't know. Do I look like God to you? Do I look like God to you? For those of you on the podcast and are only <laughs> listeners, you did not see how cool these two just looked. <laughs> well, as Jeremy was talking, he's like, so okay. we're, that's what you were doing. <laughs> that's what you were doing. <laughs> he was making fun of you. <laughs> so in today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about um, how the Bible was put together. And you know, uh, you know, one really good question that has been asked multiple times has been, "How do I know that I am actually reading God's Word? How am I? How do I know that I'm actually reading what Jesus said?" Um, and you know how we put how he put the scripture together has a lot to do with that. Um, you know, if you look at ancient, so this is, uh, uh, the Bible is considered ancient text. Um, and how historians look at ancient text are a lot different than how we would get history, say, today. Like, um, World War II is not ancient history, it's just history. Um, and even though, like, the War of 1812 and, like, further back, that's not ancient history. Even uh, the time of the when the KJV was written in the Reformation and uh, in the 1500s and then 1600s, um, that's not ancient history. It's just history. So, ancient history is going to be stuff like even the New Testament in the, that first century and before that. Um, so, our criteria for that is a lot different. Um, just for example, the Old Testament, you know, uh, Genesis wasn't written until at least 1,500 years after Adam and Eve had had come to being. Like, uh, how can we trust something that's done, you know, is written about 1,500 years later? Okay, well, they didn't really write a lot back then, so right. it was very important of the spoken word was supposed to be kept. So, uh, a good example of this is Alexander the Great. So the documents that we have of him are like 300 years after he was alive, okay? Um, so everybody that's writing about him was already dead. So that's not the case with any of the New Testament. 
They were all alive in that time. It was all less than, it was all within the first century, um, uh, less than 100 years after Jesus died. So Jesus died in approximately 30 AD. Every bit of that was done before that first century of 100. Um, mostly. Every bit of the New Testament. Every bit of the New Testament, yes. When every single New Testament book quotes the Old Testament. Yes. Um, which is another way that we know that those are usable. Um, Jesus often quoted the Old Testament. Um, like we've talked about before, You can, if you have like a, a Bible that shows that, you can see how it'll indicate that it is quoting the Old Testament, and sometimes it'll show you where you can go back. Right. Um, and then, you know, also with the New Testament, like, it was, what are the criteria when they were putting this together? Um, so there were, there were several councils, and we're not going to talk about each specific one. Uh, anybody can look those up if you want to. There's, like, Council of Trent, Council of Nicaea, et cetera. Um, but they had all decided, like, okay, we're going to accept these Old Testament stuff as scripture because the Jews did. Um, and we're just going to, we're going to accept that, you know, um, and then the new Testament had to get under a lot higher scrutiny because see, Jesus was able to go back and we know that he used the Septuagint, which is the Greek old Testament, um, uh, among other things. But the fact that he did that means that, okay, that's probably God breathed. You know, if Jesus is for it, then we're, we, we must be good. It's good enough for Jesus. It's good enough for Yes. So the Old Testament is taken in pretty easily, but the New Testament is under very high scrutiny. Um, it had to be written by an apostle. So the only one that we don't really know who wrote it was Hebrews, um, but so we still sort of think that Paul may have done that. I would say he usually is the one that gets credit yes. for that. Um, but the, the Most issue of the times is, they just say the author of Hebrews. Right. But the issue with Hebrews is whenever you look at like the Greek and how the grammar was written, it was very different than the rest of his, mm. his letter. So it's hard to say that he had done that or not. Um, well, he doesn't address it. At the, <clears throat> he doesn't address it at the beginning like he did the rest of his book. Correct. On all of, Correct. All of Paul's books, other than potentially Hebrews, he says something like, um, I, Paul, a bondservant, yes. or an apostle of Jesus Christ. Um, and that's right there, point blank, saying, "Hey, I'm Paul. Right. I'm writing this." And the first book of the old, the uh, the first book of the New Testament was written by James, mm-hmm. and that was done around 40 A.D., only 10 years after Jesus had died. Are you saying the first book of the New Testament, not counting the Gospels? The first, no, the first book of the New Testament that was written was oh, James. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So the Bible is not <clears throat> what we see on our table of contents in the Bible is not chronological order absolutely not <laughs> um it's actually um there are some bibles you can get that call themselves chronological mm-hmm. where they attempt i think it's more they're attempting to put things in historical right which order. is very difficult <laughs> right mm-hmm. um well they have bible plans called like the bible chronologically through a year right um so then and, a lot of that is trying to do it through history mm-hmm. trying to keep it chronological from a historical perspective but i'm thinking um in the chronological bible i believe it it starts with the gospels they kind of mesh the gospels together as far as the events right happen so as far as when it was written the first gospel to be written was mark um and what they actually do so if you look at the old testament um they start out with what's called the torah and the Torah is the law. It's the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So when we talk about manuscripts, um, you know, we have over 5,000 manuscripts. Okay, what does that mean? 
we're specifically talking about the Greek New Testament. Now, we have um, several copies of, say, Ephesians, or several copies of Galatians and, and stuff like that. And essentially, total, we have over 5,000 of those. And one of the things that we had mentioned when we were, we were talking about um, what, what Bible versions should we use, and why are there different versions? Well, one of them was about the KJV. And the King James Version, they didn't have all these manuscripts. A lot of the manuscripts that they had were very difficult to read. There was uh, Some of it was incomplete. And now, you know, in just in the past couple hundred years, we have found thousands of more uh, of, these, of these texts. When we talk about ancient history, you got to understand... You're talking about before there was... Um, what, writing, written word, written yeah. Word. Which there were written word. There was written word, there but... Was, but very few people had access to it. Correct. So ancient history... Relies for the common person relies more on word of mouth. Exactly. You know, well, they they memorized they, they memorized it. They handed right. it down throughout the years. And I mean, um, I mean, a lot of those guys memorized the whole. You know what we know as the first five books of the Bible. I was listening to another podcast this week. Shocking, I know. Um, <laughs> but part of the things that they were talking about was the influence that old folk songs, mountain songs, had on a popular recording artist. And so they go back and explore the history of those songs and come to find out that um, they originated over in Europe, around Ireland and Scotland and places like that. And often it was a way to preserve news events. Yeah. Uh, Like uh, someone was being executed. There would be a... There would be, they were called heralds there, who would get the story of the crime and what happened and would put it to music. And then when the people came over to America from Europe, they brought a lot of those, and they were just little songs about, yeah. you know, oh, hey, I knocked this person in the head. <laughs> in the I mean, if you listen, the, the melodies are kind of very sweet, and yeah. and but the words are terrifying. <laughs> right. But that was a way... <laughs> that they preserved um, stories, history. And that's actually how a, a lot of it was in the Old Testament. They would actually sing the scripture. Right. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, so they're handing down history. And one of the things that's really cool about Old Testament is they preserve the good and the bad. Right. You know. What's the old saying, you know, winners are the uh, winners of wars are who gets to tell the story. Right, right. Well, they lost a lot of wars. They did. <laughs> Well, and just if you read through kings, um, just the the history of the kings of Israel, and you're reading the, you know, there would be a king, he would die. And then it'd say, and their son, most of the time their son, who had this nice long name nobody can pronounce, <laughs> became king. Then the next sentence is usually, they did evil. Right. In the eyes of the Lord. Yeah. There's very few that says, you know, he did right in yeah. the eyes of the Lord. Uh, and even the ones that are regarded as the best um, still had their problems. I look at King David, who is held in high. I mean, even God calls him a man after my own heart. Right. And 
one of the things I love about the relationship with David and God is it runs the full gamut of emotions. Yeah. David adores God and praises him and worships him, but then also is not afraid to air his frustrations. Yeah. There's a point where he's mad at God. Yes. And there's so many Christians today who think you're not allowed to be mad at God. Right. And I'm like, read, read David Mm -hmm. relationship. But I mean, even, you know, like I said, God says he is a man after his own heart. Well, there's this famous passage in David's life where he is out on his balcony and he sees a woman bathing herself. Right. And he decides, she's nice. I'd like to have her. Right. And so he does. And she becomes pregnant. Now, her husband is fighting in the army of Israel. Yeah, for David. For David. So David has her husband brought back. And it's just like, you know, hey, go home, see your wife. We tries to pull it off as like he got her pregnant. He was trying to cover it up. That's where I was going with this. Yeah. Was he brings the guy from the war, says, go home, see your wife. But he will not sleep with his wife because he's like, you know, the army is out fighting and I cannot be home with my wife right. while my fellow soldiers are out fighting a war so he doesn't sleep i think the scripture says he sleeps outside yeah and like there was no question then he goes back to war and okay well she's still pregnant right and now david's like there went his cover up yeah so he has the husband put on the front line right of the battle where he is killed and then when the husband is killed then he takes the wife yep and marries her himself but God, you know, God was not all right with that, and the child that they conceived died. Well, and you can read yeah. David's prayer about that in, that's one of the Psalms that he wrote. But even, even through all of that, God still says that David was a man after his own right. heart. And what my, you know, my favorite part about that story is when the prophet at that time, which I believe is Nathaniel. Nathan. Nathan. Nathan the prophet. Um you know, he comes in and he goes to David and he starts telling him this story. And he basically, oh, yeah. like, he lines it out. And then David's like, oh, well, we should do this to him, you know. <laughs> like he, No, but I love how Nathaniel just comes in and basically sort of kind of calls him out. Yeah. And, you know, David agrees with him. And then Nathaniel says, that man is you. you. <laughs> and then obviously David is very convicted by this. You know, when we look at history, you know, the whole... You know, oh, the winners of wars get to tell the story. Well, that's not the case in the Bible. Uh, the, the Bible is actually a very scrutinized document. If you look at any other ancient history text, we don't, it doesn't hold a candle to what the Word of God does. It's, it's, it's amazing. How so? So, like, like, for example, with Alexander the Great, most right. of the, stu- the stuff we have written about him was 300 years after. That's not the case with even the Old Testament, except for the very beginning, the beginning like but. with what uh, yeah. with what Moses wrote. Yes, Moses was not there for creation. He was not on the ark. Correct. Those were he, stories that were told throughout the time. But right. Exodus, I mean, he wrote that he within, wrote, it was only really just the Genesis was the only part that he wouldn't have been alive for. Right. So you mentioned manuscripts earlier. I'm going to be honest. What is that? <laughs> wow. Okay, so so the manuscripts, um, the, specifically the ones that we're talking about, are Greek 
um, and they're not full testaments, okay? It would be like um, just one letter, okay? And some of them were incomplete. Some of them didn't have, uh, like that we found, like they were ripped, and, you know, we only had a piece of it. So, like, when they were writing the KJV, you know, they only had so many manuscripts. Now, as of in the last, you know, 100 years or so, you know, we've found more of those manuscripts. So we've been able to more fill in sort of the blanks of Scripture, which we look at the KJV, and it did a pretty good job. Uh, it, it, um, it hit a lot of stuff. But what we have found in these older manuscripts they don't have certain scriptures that the KJV would have had, or some of the the, the less old, I guess, uh, manuscripts had. So, for example, if you go read um, in Matthew 6, the Lord's Prayer, uh, you'll see brackets around the end of that. Um, and it'll say, you know, for yours is the kingdom and power and glory forever, amen. That's in brackets, and it will tell you in the front of your Bible, or maybe it'll have a footnote. Sometimes it'll, it'll leave a space there, and then it'll have a footnote, and it'll go to the bottom. And it'll actually have the scripture. I'm going to show you a picture um, right here in the NIV. Can you make it look like it's coming out of my hand? And just... Yeah. But Can I... you do that? Ready? <laughs> I don't know if that's going to work, but I'll try. <laughs> I'll give you a few takes. All right, so as you see in this copy of the NIV, it has a space where the scripture should be, and then it leaves a footnote, and down here at the bottom, it actually says the piece of scripture. So there are several people, especially KJV only, that likes to say, oh, these newer writings, they, they leave out certain scriptures and they, they, they skip verses and stuff. That's not true. They're just honest about the text. All they're saying is, hey, um, this wasn't in the oldest copies that we have found since the KJV was written. And, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with that. They're just being honest. And, um, you know, the stuff that, the reason why these newer Bibles keep it and, and don't omit it is because none of the things that they take out are, are that, that aren't necessarily in there, the, the new stuff isn't bad. It's good. So, for example, John 8, uh, you know, the story where it talks about Jesus, um, they, they bring the woman caught in adultery. And um, anyway, they, 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 you know, Jesus doodles in the sand or he, he writes in the sand or whatever. You know, that story is not in the oldest manuscript, the oldest copies of these manuscripts that we have. Yeah. So, cool. So that story... That's in the KJV, isn't it? Yes. That story? It would, okay, cool. All of it's going to be in the KJV. Mm-hmm. Okay? The ones that are going to have less are going to be the newer translations. But they don't yeah. have less. They put it in brackets or they footnote it somewhere. They don't take it out. To clarify that it wasn't that, part of the yeah. earliest Correct. manuscripts that they found. But a lot of KJV-only people tend to say, oh, they're erasing parts of Scripture that they don't like. Right. And that's just... That's not true. It's not true. When you read the KJV, you're not going to see these brackets and these notations. And that's because they go by the, the, the manuscripts that they had at the time, which were newer. They were like a thousand years old versus the ones that we have now. We can actually date them back to 300 AD. And we don't do that with carbon dating, just so everybody knows. That's actually done by the way... It's written in the writing styles. Um, so we talked a lot about um, how we know that the Bible is true. Um, 
I'm surprised we made it all the way through this without me bringing up a verse that I brought up many times on this podcast, First Timothy three sixteen, Second Timothy three sixteen, one of my favorite verses. Which all is, scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, correction, reproof, and instruction in righteousness. Right. So as we are semicolon. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it goes on the next verse, but I don't like to read did, did context you keep, at all. So. Did you want to keep going? No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't like context. You heard him. <laughs> it is important to know that the entire word of God is God breathed, God ordained. And like you said, I think it's, I think it's interesting that um, it's not laid out chronologically. Right. Um, a lot of people don't know that. I didn't know that till probably a year ago. Yeah. Um, I was like, well, that don't make any sense. Why would they not put that chronologically? Well, I would challenge anybody that's listening or watching, go to the very front of your Bible and read it. Before the table of contents, before Genesis actually starts, read that stuff because they're actually helping you to say, hey, this is how we put this thing together. Um, this is what's behind it. And, you know, like these translators, like understand that they don't go and they're like, okay, let's, here's the KJV. Okay, I'm going to put this in my own words. Like that's not what they did. They went and got all of those different manuscripts that we have, all these copies of different letters uh, of, of, of the Bible that we have. And and they took those letters and translated them specifically. And there wasn't just like one or two translators. Like there's a ton. There's a team, yeah. Yeah. And the, mm-hmm. that's they usually will list the names there in the front. Yeah. Too. Like these are all the people and their credentials. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about studying scripture and how you do that and ways to do that. First thing you got to do is What's like a- this is. Can what we trust this? Is, yeah. Yeah. Is this really, you know, is this really what Jesus actually said? Well, and there's more to it than just, I trust this because it says that I can trust it. Right. <laughs> there's, there's more to it than that. Well, well and, and, and you even, can. It even mm-hmm. says in here, test it. Yeah, well, and, and, and God will preserve his word. Right. And, and here, here's what I love. You get, um, you know, you get atheists and you get different kinds. The ones that are actually scholars, they will actually like, just go into the New Testament They'll actually say this is solid text. They pretty much accept all of Paul's letters um, as as accurate as at least history, because Paul was Paul wrote very very well because he was scholarly. And consistently, he was well. He he was very educated. You know, he was a Pharisee, but like he'd be like a PhD right now, like <laughs> like multiple PhD mm-hmm. doctorates. You well, know, he was an apostle too. Like he saw Jesus. Yeah. Um, so yeah. It's not accurate unless you saw Jesus. <laughs> but uh, anyway, but I'm just saying, like even secular just a- atheists will look at the look at the Bible that are actually scholars, and they'll actually look at it and they'll they'll accept several of of the letters that we have, mainly most of Paul's, um, just because they're written so well. Um, so I mean that's that's pretty huge. I mean just the fact that you know we could keep Galatians. I know that I know that's one of them that they'll accept. Um, now you'll get some atheists that just kind of like to throw stuff out there, and they 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 like to throw out fake facts essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, always call them on it, and actually look it up because you'll be surprised at how many uh, how many just say stuff without having any sort of source to back mm-hmm. it up. Well, and, and all four of the gospels, um, you got to understand they are from four different perspectives. So just because one didn't say this right. and one does doesn't mean that it didn't happen. Yes. I heard something from Frank Turek um, a while back, uh, and he was using the analogy of like someone was trying to say that the, the Gospels contradicted themselves, yep. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And 
he said, okay, so let's say you went to this concert or this church service and you say, this person preached, this, this person said, this person preached. And then this person said, well, this person sang songs. Right. Does that mean that they're not true? It's not contradictory. said something right. different. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, we're going to talk about that contradictions in the Bible. Um, we're going to talk about that next week. Well, uh, well, they're not contradictions. They're alleged contradictions. Because there are some things that we read that are like, uh, I don't know about that. We're going to talk about continuity. We're going to talk about continuity. Well, you, All right. you can always piece those four perspectives to get the whole picture. Yes. Yes. So. <clears throat> awesome. Have your pet spayed and neutered? Yes. Help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed and neutered. Also cringe. See y'all next week. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. For more information on DDS Faith Ministries, please visit our website at ddsfaith.org and follow us on social media. Thanks.